The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from pitchers.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today, we're going to talk about the Chicago White Sox. If you're just tuning in for the first time, we are covering all 30 starting pitching rotations through the month of January. And I'm recording this at the end of November, early December. So keep that in mind when it comes to free agents, players uh, getting hurt or getting traded from the team. This is the information that I have. Fortunately, we're talking about the White Sox and Mike Clevenger just signed with the White Sox yesterday. So we've got that down, but yeah, things will change. I understand, but the real analysis of these players does not change for the most part, save for opportunity. And you can probably uh, understand how that would change based on the injury or of uh, a player coming in based on what we talk about. So let's go into it with Dylan Cease, 184 innings, 220 ERA, 111 whip, 30% K rate and 10% walk rate in 2022. If you don't remember last time, this this time last year, I was really out on Dylan Cease. I did not anticipate A, he would throw a lot more sliders. He threw about 30% of them in 2021, over 40% of them in 2022. Also, his four-seamer reduced it's hard contact, but eight points. Those are the major two factors that led to Dylan Cease having this breakout season. I still think he was pitching over his head. In actuality, his final 13 starts of about 80 innings, only a 25% strikeout rate, not that 30%. It was really that first half that was exceptional for Dylan Cease that brought everything down um, to those extraordinary 220 whip, uh, sorry, 220 ERA levels. I think it's a... I think it's a risky proposition to chase Dylan Cease again another year, just considering how much he'll cost at the draft. Seeing a 220 ERA and those boatloads of strikeouts, it's, I get it, but I think you just saw a peak season. I think you, got, you saw a guy with a 111 whip who's going to struggle to match that whip and that low hit per nine of 6.2 again. Normally, a six hit per nine is safe for the absolute elites of pitchers. I don't think Dylan Cease is elite. I think he's effectively wild. And generally effectively wild means you have a pendulum swing of being really good and then really bad too. He was known as the premium cherry bomb in 2021. I'm happy for all of you that trusted Dylan Cease that it worked out in 2022. I'm not going to say he's going to be bad for you in 2023, but I think Cease is going to be closer to a 3-4 ERA, 3-5 ERA with a whip about 115 or something along those lines as opposed to essentially being the same with a worse ERA. That just doesn't work out like that. You allow more hits, the whip goes up, the ERA goes up, the strikeouts go down. Uh, It's all worse. So Cease, to me, is not the guy I want to take a risk on. 
And when you're getting Dylan Cease in your draft, you can get much safer options. You can get your Max Freed. You can get your Aaron Nola. I would much rather do that than go after Dylan Cease personally. Uh, another person that I think a lot of people are going to be uh, debating about, I think actually this entire crew is a fascinating one with the White Sox. And Lance Lynn, well, a 399 ERA across 121 innings, 113 whip, 24% K rate, and about a 4% walk rate. What's very interesting to me is that last year he had knee surgery in April, didn't return until June 13th. And then we saw him go 7-5 ERA with a 1-5-3 whip across his first seven starts. And think about that for a second. He did that for the first seven starts and still had a sub-4 ERA and a 1-13 whip. That's because he got rid of the sinker usage that had a 47% hard contact for the season. And then he went his final 86 frames of the year at a 2.52 ERA and a 0.97 whip and 26% K rate after those first seven starts. That is the real Lance Lynn. That, to me, is more in line with 2020 and 2021 Lance Lynn, which essentially just says seven starts after coming back from returning from knee surgery is the only exception across the last three seasons of Lance Lynn. Now, the fastball was a tick down across the year. But it was still a 17% swing striker, one of the highest in all four seamers in baseball. And the cutter still got strikes. I think this is a, a steal, honestly. I think Lancelin is a fantastic pick to make. It is a question of health. He's going to be 36 th- uh, next year. I don't think the velocity goes down more. Um, if you don't want him because of the injury, fine. I get it. I'm likely going to have him as my SP3, SP4 in a lot of drafts. SP2, I think, is too much. I think you should be more aggressive getting a better SP2 than Lance Lynn. SP3, I like. I don't, you know, I don't love the injury risk. I think that's why he's getting depressed more. Uh, but don't look, don't depress him in draft based on 399 ERA. That, I think, to me, is just is is wrong and not the true Lance Lynn. Um, I am excited about this uh, for next year. And I, I do want to talk about, of course... Lucas Giolito, Michael Kopech, and uh, Mike Clevenger. We're going to take a very quick break. Lucas Giolito, kind of like Lance Lynn. And the reason I say that is because it was a lost season. 162 ERA, sorry, 162 innings, 4-9 ERA, 144 whip, 25% K rate, 9% walk rate. But his first start of the year, he was pulled from the game with an abdominal issue and then missed two weeks on the I.L., and Lucas Giolito has said that that injury has affected him the entire season. It wasn't something that just happened for a couple of weeks and he was totally fine after that. No, it affected him. And we all know that something was affecting him because he was sitting about 92 miles per hour, maybe a little bit harder through the year after sitting 94 in previous seasons. By the end, he was 91, sometimes even underneath that. It was so strange to see Lucas Giolito throw 89 mile per hour fastballs. That is just not the guy. So that fastball went down. He had more hard contact on it. Uh, he jumped 30 points in average. He lost two ticks in swing strike, which would be under 10% on it. His slider also had a loss of velocity. And oh boy, it got destroyed. 34% hard contact allowed. But the changeup action was really good. Kept it down a good amount. And still had that 20% uh, swing strike rate. 64% low lock is good for a changeup. And only a 10.7% hard contact rate on that changeup is excellent. So what I see with Giolito is he's going way later in drafts. I mean, I think I was seeing NFBC at the time was around 289. But that's, of course, injury stuff and a lot more uh, question mark. I'm sorry, that's for the next person we're talking about, but still very low in drafts. While 
I see someone who could explode next year. He's going 153. I take that back. Same with Lancelin. Wow. Lancelin and Giolito are back-to-back. I don't see a scenario where I draft Lucas Giolito over Lancelin. It's not even close to me. Um, but Giolito in your 12-teamers, I don't think is going to be going around 153. I think you're going to see Lucas Giolito go closer to 200. And if that's the case, I'm in because he's not in your top four starters. He's likely your fifth or sixth. And if you see Giolito going 93 or 94 in the spring and sitting there, not hitting, sitting, that to me says, look, Giolito had this offseason. He was fully healthy. He he did what he needed to do for his body. He reset his mechanics kind of like he did before his breakout season. And then he came out and there you go. He can do a 170, 180 innings for the White Sox and be a stud again. Uh, I, I love that outcome. I know it's betting on health. But when you see a guy have a bad season and he's discounted in drafts, you have to ask, what is the thing I need to change from 2022 to 2023? Is it more velocity that he would gain or it would be a pitch selection change or getting whiffs on a pitch? And if it's health, health is the easiest one to bet on. Uh, it's the it's the easiest one to go his way. And so I think that's an easier thing to go for than a lot of other guys that might be falling around that area you see uh also in this it's very interesting actually he's going ahead of uh chris bassett and pablo lopez which i'm actually shocked about i think people are too high on Gilito. we don't know if the velocity is back yet this is all nfbc draft champion stuff likely will change before the season starts um but i but yeah i generally like Gilito if you can get him as your sp5 later on in your draft um, michael kopech and mike clevenger are the final two here Kopech, 119 innings, 354 ERA, 119 whip, 21% K rate, 11.5% walk rate. All these numbers, to me, honestly, don't matter. Because what a wild, weird season it was for Michael Kopech. The beginning of the year, he was fluctuating with velocity from like 94 to 93 to 97 to 92. It's just back and forth. And eventually, it came out that he had this knee injury. He missed some time, was placed in the IL for it, came back, and it was just still could not find any sort of rhythm whatsoever. And I see that in a season, all I think to myself is, okay, it's kind of lost this year, but again, the offseason resets a lot of guys, and they come out in the spring, yet they have a good spring, then they get into the rotation, and if there's no interruption, if there's anything that's just kind of smooth through it, a guy like Kopech that has sat 95, 96 in the past with a slider that can miss bats up to 20% of the time, that screams ace. So if you're going for Michael Kopech, go for it later on in your draft. Uh, I'm seeing that NFBC ADP around like... 290, which would be undrafted in your 12-teamer. Not going to happen in your 12-teamer. Again, those are uh, draft champions, which essentially means that it's a draft and hold. There's no waiver wire play. And I think a guy like Kopech is made for waiver wire play, where if it's not working out early, you drop and you replace. So I love going for those at the end of my drafts. Michael Kopech is one of them that I'm circling saying, okay, make sure you have a guy like Kopech as your, your sixth, seventh starter or whatever it is. That could return in a big way, especially if he's getting the uh, the Giants and not the Astros in the opening weekend. I'm not sure who's going to get that fourth rotation spot. Could be Clevenger instead of Kopech. Uh, whoever gets that, that's the one I think I do want to target more. Because I would start them in that first game as opposed to sitting them against the Astros. But Kopech, there's, there's fun there. The command is still a question mark. There were times when the, the, the curveball and the slider were there. Uh, this past year, but yeah, there's there's a lot to work on with with Kopech. I'm not sure if it's something that I if I had to be a betting man and say it's all going to work out for Kopech, I would say no. 
I would say I'm not going to take that bet. The end of my drafts, see what happens in the spring. Hopefully he does look like the man we all wanted him to be originally. That's a lot of words on Kopech. Uh, Michael Clevenger. It's not Michael. It's Mike Clevenger. Mike Clevenger was just signed uh, to a deal with the White Sox. 114 innings last year with the Padres. 433 ERA, 120 whip, 19% K rate, 7% walk rate. I'll put this quickly. Mike Clevenger was not good last year recovering from Tommy John. He was sitting about 93-94 after going about 95 before Tommy John. He also stopped missing bats with a slider. About a 13% swing strike rate is not the 18-20% we saw beforehand. That said, he is a tinkerer. He is someone who is not going to just accept what he is now and that's it. He's going to go. He's going to uh, use Edutronic, all the stuff, Repsoto, all of it through the entire offseason Try and figure this out. Try and get his velocity back. Try and get his slider back. And if he does, well, that could be a really interesting play. Uh, concerning even despite having those struggles with his fastball and a slider, 120 whip and 433 ERA, which I know is not good for fantasy, but it's not like he just fell off and was the worst pitcher ever. So I think Clevenger has an opportunity here for the White Sox. He's essentially going undrafted. And again, like Kopech, if Clevenger is getting that start against the Giants and not the Astros one, I might be inclined to see how that first start is. Monitor this in the spring, like all of those guys, like Giolito, like Lynn, like Kopech, like Clevenger. I really need to see velocity numbers on those guys, see how they're working with their sliders, uh, really the secondary stuff. And Clevenger could be sneaky. You know, it was his first year back from Tommy John. Second year back, he could be making more of the adjustments that he needs as opposed to just being healthy. Now he is healthy, make those changes and hopefully he's a better pitcher in 2023. As far as anyone else for the White Sox, I imagine there's going to be someone else that they do sign. That's my bet as of this moment, because Davis Martin is currently at their six. That doesn't seem right to me. I don't think Davis Martin is someone you care about in 12-teamers. Slider can be very interesting, but I think the whole overall package is nothing to report on. There were some talks about Garrett Crochet being, uh, being a starter last year, but we all know how that went. Poor guy. Um... But yeah, it's uh, uh, there's not much else here. So I imagine they get some depth starter, which might mean that Kopech is in a weird place to start the year. Monitor that, of course. Uh, but that's your rotation for the Chicago White Sox. Thanks for tuning in for another edition of the Plus Pitch Podcast. As always, make sure you rate and review not only the Plus Pitch Podcast, but of course the, the Pitchless Fantasy Baseball Podcast Network. Um, but that's it for today. So my name is Nick Pollock, and we are Babbitts Below, and your strikeouts high.